Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. We have with us today Emily Wingfield. Emily is an Enneagram 9. She's also a certified Enneagram teacher and life coach. And she is with us today to talk about the power of embodiment for types 5, 6, and 7. This is a very rich interview, and so let's just jump into it. Thank you for listening. Are y'all ready for the thinking triad? All right, so we're jumping into the five. Um, So our investigator type five, what are y'all thinking about how they can get in the body? I just got to move it. I mean, it's by all means necessary because it's probably would be something that they would have most aversion to. And I mean, if they really want to shoot for the stars, probably just move your body and have somebody with you. So you feeding two birds out of one hand, you get your social interaction, which I'm sure is kind of the ugh, and then and then move your body. And interestingly enough, before I started taping, I've dug um, up my old test that I did with uh, Dr. Wagner, Jerry Wagner, when um, I went through my Enneagram um, certification and, you know, we did the the three highest numbers and five is my, by far my highest second number um, um, out of the three that, that there were the highest. So yeah, it is just move it however you can you know, it doesn't have to be just as long as it's, you're doing it. And then maybe having somebody next to you so you can, you know, actually interact with a human versus a book and just reading about it and researching it. So mm-hmm. that's what I would suggest. What is the practice where you're floating on water? What is that called? Uh, There's a, uh, I know that the, the place that, that also, that was your right, 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 right. But, but Anyways, I've heard from several fives that that is powerful for them, is that 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 really gets them into their body and almost becomes meditation. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it could be anything. It could be going on a walk, but like Kat said, you know, that children's songs, got to move it, move it. (laughs) I mean, the fives really do find their way to their body and heart space if they're moving. Yeah, don't overthink it. Right. Just do it. It's like Nike commercial. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What are your thoughts, Emily? Any any thoughts for the five? Oh, no, I totally agree with y'all. And actually, I was looking um, because uh, I went to the the salt, I was actually going to look up what the word is, but, uh, but you're right. There is a salt place. I went to that one time and it was a very interesting experience. That's neat to know that fives have said they like it. Yeah. So much. I've heard that that's really cool as well. Being, um, the salt experience for your, I mean, I have one of those little tiny ones at home, but to be in a, a, a room full of salt, that's, that's cool. I wish I knew what that was. It's a salt cave. Yeah, a salt cave. That's it, a salt cave. So you've done that, Emily? Well, no, what I did is so I just looked up, it's called the Salt Center. If people are in Atlanta, it was up north of Atlanta, but it was the one where it is, um, it's, let's see, it, it, dulls all your senses almost in that you get into this, um, pod that's filled with just enough water that's at your body temperature so you 
and the room is heated and then you can kind of close this pod over you and you can make it dark if you want so yep. there's no light you put an earplug so there's no sound um you're floating so your body's not touching okay. the bottom of it and then it's all so is that what you were talking about yeah 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 i was talking about the floating chamber and then i misheard i thought you said salt but it is it's just salt water that you're floating in. It's you're like so yeah. buoyant that you just stay without having to actually fight to stay. You can just relax and the water would literally not let you sink because it's so salty. Yeah. Exactly. That would be good for any any of any of the numbers. It was unless they had a fear of claustrophobia. <laughs> well and luckily you don't have to close the pod if you yeah. don't want to. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I did it, there was an option to do the chamber, and that's complete sense deprivation. And I, it, yeah, 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 and that completely freaked me out. So the place that I was able to do it, it's actually a like a small pool-like situation where everything was open. I was able to open my eyes, and I didn't feel like things were closing in, or I was, you know, being buried alive. And and that felt really relaxing. I was able to relax. So I think it's just depending how you can relax, mm -hmm. because that's when the magic starts happening. Oh, that's really a cool. Side note about when I did that. It's funny because I actually wanted I didn't want to have any sensation so I closed the pod I turned off didn't have any music all that because at least in my uh flavor of nineness I was like this is heaven no one can get to me like because I think you, you almost turn off your cell phone I was like no one can get to me there is no stimuli it is all dark I'm floating I'm warm and uh it was I loved it because I was like I mean, it was just funny to notice, like, this is how I want life to be. Obviously, it's not. So it was just funny to kind of actually experience that uh, not being bothered by anything. I can see that. I can see how a five, four, or nine would love that, but it would also get them into their body. So that that could be a really good thing as well. It would be their happy place, but it would also be an opportunity for embodiment. So I love that. Well, let's look at our six. Okay. So what are our thoughts for our six? Now, of course, this is the triad where they all can benefit from silence. That that, you know, the the thinking triad, that's the gift that they need is silence, the heart triad, they need the solitude, and then the body triad needs the stillness. Um, but I would think particularly for a six, anything that would bring them into their body and silence the mind, the the fear mind, the catastrophe mind would be good. What are y'all's thoughts? I don't know. To me, I think maybe some some kind of uh, physical activity that is rhythmic, that you can kind of get into the rhythm and that would, you know, quiet all the noise and all the, you know, all the the jitters and 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 whatnot. I, I think that might be good for a six. And I don't know if it's, you know, just simple walking and you're kind of just just, you know, having a rhythm that you can keep up. Maybe I mean I'm a big fan of yoga practice, of course, because you can get in the rhythm of an inhale and exhale and match it with a body movement. But just something that it's still a movement of the mind and the body, but just not so chaotic. Mm -hmm. Just rhythm. It's just very rhythmic, you know, if you're thinking of a pendulum that just kind of, you know, right to left, left to right, that to me would 
I, mm -hmm. I, I think would be, or if you're like in a boat and you're pedaling and it's really rhythmic, but just something that would create a smooth, calming, but rhythm mm -hmm. because it's, you know, I, I mean that because silent, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts. I love that. And I, and I think that um, the, the guided meditations where you're finding a safe space yeah. are really good for sixes because they're breathing, but then they're finding that safe and secure place. And that can be a really good way for the six to actually get into their body. Also, I would think, and again, this goes with breathing. We all like essential oils, but I think essential oils would be really good for a six because then they're breathing them in. And then they're starting to find that inhale and exhale. And obviously breath work is good for all of us, but I do think it can regulate the sixes nervous system. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, I think, yeah. really good for them. Well, and also if we're talking about breathing, breathe, breathing techniques, and there's a billion million out there, but the one that I really like the most is, you know, how can you stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system? So it's your rest and digest. And there's a ton of ways to do it. A couple of uh, breathing exercises come to mind. First and foremost, it's simple breathing in through the nose, breathing out through the nose. Just it. Inhale through the nose, out through the nose. Now, we're all living in the South. Sinuses are a beast. You know, if you're like, I have got to keep my mouth ajar, that's a okay. So then what I would recommend is creating a pause at the bottom of the exhale. So you will breathe in. You will breathe out and then pause once you empty all of the air out, pause at the bottom of the exhale before you sip more air in. Now, for those who need to stimulate their sympathetic nervous system, so if you're struggling with like sluggishness and feeling like you're not quite awake, if you create the pause at the top of the inhale, that tends to wake up your sympathetic nervous system, which is your go get them, you know, get stuff done, you know, the, 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 I'm woke and I'm ready to move. But if we're speaking specifically for a six, either nose breathing or slight pause at the bottom of the exhale. Hmm. Like that. What thoughts do you that. have for a six? Um, well, I'm definitely in a six space. Uh, I don't know if I'd say a lot, but it, you know, I'm very, I notice it when talking about, um, body sensations. I noticed my racing heart, my racing thoughts, and I, the breath has really become so comforting to me. In fact, I have a child that has a lot of anxiety and I've really been trying to teach him, you know, we always have our breath with us, no matter where we are, we have our breath and mm -hmm. let's just, let's, you know, do box breathing of four, 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 and four, or whatever it is, just trying, um, so anyways, I've been, I've found a lot of comfort in the breath and trying to get focused on it and it helps me calm down. Could you talk about the box breathing? Not everybody may know what yes. that is. So the way I learned it, feel free to add in if there's another way is you breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, and then just kind of have nothing for four. And the reason... Uh, Christy and I are looking at each other so she can see where my hand was going. But the idea of the box is that if you almost use your finger and kind of make a box with each four count, make a side of the box with each four counts, um, that that's even just something else kids can do. Or in fact, what I've done for my son is I drew a box and had him 
I, I drew a box on a piece of paper and then had him use his finger to trace the lines as he was doing the four counts, just to have another thing to focus on um, to try to get slow his mind down. Yeah, I love that. And and yes, it is the, the count of four, or if that's a long time for you to hold your breath, you could do three. So whatever, whatever works, but yeah, that's great. I love that. What about our seven? What about our adventure, our enthusiasts? What do you think would help them get in their bodies? Well, a friend is coming to mind who's a seven and, and um, she now is very well aware of the Enneagram, but she said when she was much younger, she would um, actually like almost mentally disconnect from her body because she was training for a marathon. And so she said, if I felt any body sensations that I didn't want, she was like, I would like mentally cut my body, my body off and just see my body as something that's carrying my head. And she was like, obviously now I realize, like, oh, that's why I got injuries is because I wasn't listening to my body. Yeah. But that has always stuck with me is that, wow, she could almost just look at her body as something to carry her head around. I, I've definitely heard fives talk about that as well. Yeah. So I think that does show the importance for a seven is to get into the body and not mm -hmm. just live up in their head. Yeah, because they can be a very airy type that have trouble with getting grounded and um, get disassociated from their body pretty easily. So if they can put two feet to the earth, I mean, I think that that's a very grounding practice is just to put two feet to the earth or to put your palms to your thighs, uh, to, to close your eyes, to just take a moment to do a short body scan to get into the body. I think that um, that that it doesn't have to be meditation at first. I think that can feel a little overwhelming to a seven who's constantly having ideas, like the thought of doing a 20 minute meditation. If you've never done meditation, feels overwhelming, but just start somewhere with two feet to the earth, with your hands touching your thighs, like you know, and, and maybe with a couple of breaths and then continue to see if you can, you know, elongate that, if you can go from three minutes to five minutes. And, um, but I think that sevens are very creative, like fours often uh, get credit for being the creative types, but actually sevens, as you and I know, are just so creative. Uh, but I think the funny thing is, is that when they get grounded, they're even more creative and then they can actually execute their ideas. Like they, they have trouble, you know, making their ideas happen. But when they have that grounding energy of the five, then their ideas come to fruition. So I think that like, actually, if they could think about it that way, that their grounding practices and their body practices will actually help them to make these visionary ideas come to completion, then I think that that might give them um, some, you know, their, their thinking type. So if they can think about that and know that it's going to serve them well, it actually might mean, oh yeah, I should try some embodied practices because that'll take me to the finish line. <laughs> and um, that's, that's a thought I have for the sevens. I love seven. Yeah. So I'm high in seven energy. That's my third highest number. Kat was talking about her top three scores. What are your top three? Do you remember the, the three I highest would, numbers? 
that nine is like kind of off the the charts of nine but then a lot of six and two as well okay and I, I don't know which of those would be the next but I have a lot of six. and funny enough when I first learned the Enneagram those were the three types and I was like I don't know I mean I think it took me a while to figure out that I was a nine because I have a lot of two in me and a lot of six yeah and there's um Catherine I can never say her last name but All she her. has that tri-type <laughs> Yeah, she has yes. the, uh, she came up with the idea of the tri-type, tri which is your three highest scores in each triad. And so that would be yours, that you would be the nine, the two, and the six. I don't know what order that would be for you, but I'm, I'm two and I'm like you, nine is my second highest. So I have two, nine, and seven are mine. And I like, I like her idea of the tri-type. I haven't studied it a lot, but um, it makes sense to me. And I have found that with clients, it helps. I, I agree. I'm not all in. Uh, it's kind of like what Kat was saying of, uh, you know, whatever type of yoga practice help helps people get into it. Um, it. I always actually think of Linda and Nan saying like, it's another tool to, or another way to look at things. You know, it's just another yeah. way to look at things. Uh, but I have found that the tri-type idea really helps my clients win they're, when they get very hung up on, so I, I can only be one type. Is it just like, I've got to figure out this one type, which we, we do. That's going to help us with our transformation. The most is when we figure out our type, but it seems to help them not be as focused when I can say, but you can also at least acknowledge your highest type in each of the other centers and then kind of stack it that gives people such a sense of relief to say, oh, okay, that's why these other types resonate with me so much. And it's not like I can just focus on one. I can at least acknowledge that there's some other stuff going on as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And since you mentioned, again, you mentioned um, Nan and you've mentioned Linda as as teachers, teachers that we've both had, and, and we both went through the certification training with Enneagram applications. Um, can you talk a little bit about Enneagram Atlanta, Enneagram applications, about Linda Roberts and Nan Hansen, and how they've um, just, I guess, been mentors to you, and I know they have to me as well. Uh, so let's brag on them for a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I love these ladies so much. I am so thankful that they came into my life or I came into theirs. Um, Linda was the one that asked me to be on the board. And looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, that I, I'm so glad that happened, but bless her heart because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing at the time. But um, so Linda Roberts, I mean, amazingly used to be president of the International Enneagram Association, like, like the global grouping. This was uh, a few mm -hmm. years ago, but she um, is, I think, a social, I know she's a six, I think it's a social six, and um, she is just, has so much wisdom about the Enneagram, and what I so appreciate about her is, you know, she was friends with and worked with um, Don and Russ or of Rizzo Hudson, and I think she has watched the Enneagram, you know, she, she knows it's, um, what do I more intellectual origins and then she's watched it go to the Instagram world and what I have so loved about knowing her is how she has helped me realize 
that it's so much more than just the Instagram and it's so much more than just how we have popularized it. Like it is so much deeper and so Mm -hmm. much more transformative and really to have a respect for the wisdom of it. And um, it, I just, I, I feel so lucky to know someone who kind of knew, um, I don't know, the deeper Enneagram before it became a me. And I really appreciate all that she does to try to help remind us of just how deep and powerful and transformative it really is. Yeah, how many layers there are. It's just, there's one layer after another. And uh, so I would encourage you to look up Enneagram Atlanta, Enneagram applications, Linda Roberts, and, um, and just look up what they might offer you. I mean, you can get certified in the Enneagram like we have. I think the more the merrier in this work, I mean, the more people that are out there and, you know, helping to lead people in the work of transformation and doing their own sort of inner dive and um, finding their way to the, you know, most conscious version of themselves, I think is so, so, so important. So if you are thinking about getting certified in the Enneagram, uh, I highly commend the Enneagram applications program to you. You can look up Enneagram Atlanta on Google and get more information about that. Another person that Kat and I have both trained with, who we love as well, who I always like to give a plug for is Jerry Wagner. So we've also trained with Jerry and who is so funny and witty and also um, just kind of a, a pioneer in the world of the Enneagram. So any of those, they're great people to train with, to get certified through. Um, and, you know, why not? Especially if you're listening and you're a nine like Emily. Uh, nines, um, you know, kind of tend to say, who, me? No, not me. And and not kind of, you know, make a big, bold stance in the world and get big. But um, yes, yes, you, you can study the Enneagram. And even if you don't plan to be a teacher, um, I would encourage you to think about doing some work with either Jerry or Linda or Nan, because uh, they they really have a lot to offer and impart, but also Emily, you can train with Emily um, and you can do uh, some coaching with her. What's your website so that people can know where to find you? Because you were a wonderful Enneagram teacher. And so I also want to highlight to our listeners, you know, you can go um, do some workshops with Emily on Zoom or in Atlanta. Atlanta's not too far away from where we are here in Chattanooga, but you could be, we have listeners who are international listeners. So you could be in South Africa and still have a session with Emily. So what is your website? How can people find you? Yes. So it's EnneagramWithEmily.com. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I don't stay as busy on those. So uh, because I actually have decided, you know, with my time and energy, I really want to focus on clients. So I do have a presence on social media stuff, but um, I also offer free 30-minute discovery sessions because I, I like to joke, you know, I don't push anyone into booking something. I only want people when they feel ready. And, and I am very transparent about, you know, let's chat, let's have a conversation over Zoom with a phone call and talk through what people are looking for. And 
some people we might end the call and say, yes, they're ready to get started. Some I might say, you know, how about maybe a little therapy might help first, then let's touch base. Or some might say, you know, this isn't exactly what I was looking for. So I, I want people to make the best decision for themselves. And I'm always happy to have a conversation um, to better understand what people are looking for, what I offer. But if you are at that point where uh, I love the phrase, you don't find the Enneagram, the Enneagram finds you. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you are a listener that is at that stage where it's like, this has been, you know, just whispering in my ear and just constantly in the back of my mind, you, it might be that time to do some deeper digging and it is unreal. The transformation people can experience mm-hmm. the tagline for my business is learning the Enneagram will increase your compassion decrease your frustration and improve your relationships. And I can say that every single one of my clients after five sessions of spending some time learning about how they are wired, they agree with that. They're like, yes, I am more compassionate towards others. I am less frustrated by others. And most of my relationships have improved. So it's such an incredibly powerful tool. I love that. I always say, it's not Enneagram work if it's not compassion work. And the Enneagram takes you to compassion, right? Towards yourself, towards others, towards the wider world. It helps you receive compassion from your higher power if you believe in God. Like it is a tool of compassion. I love it so much. Yes, it's so true. And I think we all agree we need a little more compassion in our world. So how cool, yes. you know, I, I say that to people sometimes, you know, if you're frustrated with the state of the world, yes, there's a lot of external things you can do, but there's also a lot of internal things and really almost raising the vibe, raising the frequency of what you are emitting as you walk through the world. You know, if you're spreading compassion and just maybe being a non-judgmental presence in whatever situation, workplace, family system you are a part of you're helping the world. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. It's making me think of that song with the world needs now is love, sweet love. Is that how it goes? I don't know why that's what's going through my head, but yes, it's what the world needs now. We need more compassion. We're so polarized, so at odds, so reactive. And I think that this topic of getting back into our bodies, I, our bodies always take us to our heart space. So if we can get into our body, we can start to feel, you know, the feelings of the heart and be more compassionate. And so that's why this topic of embodiment is so important, is that we've got to listen to our bodies in order to hear the whisper of our heart. I love that so much. Wow, that's beautiful. You've said so many things that are so wise and imparted so much wisdom. So thank you. And I definitely encourage, you know, our listeners to study with you. I've said on this podcast many times, I have a spiritual director. I heard you mention that you have a spiritual director. I have a therapist. I have a couples therapist. I have an Enneagram coach. So I'm doing all those things. And the more that we do, the more that we become. And, um, and it, you know, right now it is a hard world that we're living in and we do need to find places to receive, um, places where people can, uh, just, just hold 
all that we're holding with us um, and kind of be a, a companion with us on the journey. Um, you know, we are in a world that that's isolated and lonely and polarized and painful. And so the more people that we can have uh, to care for us, that we can receive from, who can be those people to journey with us, I think the better. So that's what Emily can offer to you. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's not Emily, maybe somebody in town, wherever you are, if you need that in person, but um, definitely we encourage you to find people who can um, just be a safe space for you. So um, any other thoughts, Emily? No, thank you so much. I have had so much fun. I love uh, talking to people that are as passionate about the Enneagram as I am. So it's it's always a fun day when I get to do that. Yeah, the three of us are all Enneagram geeks. We love it. <laughs> There's a lot of passion so here for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your heart space. And thank you for all the words you've shared. And uh, we have to connect with you again. So thank you, Emily. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Bye, Christy. Bye. For our meditation time today, I wanted a quote by Wayne Dyer to kind of lead us and guide us. And so the quote is Peace is learning to retrain your mind to accept life as it is rather than as it should be and I love how he used the word as it should be because the shoulds I do think are big disruptors of peace we might even say that peace is learning to retrain the mind to accept ourselves as we are rather than as we should be or peace is learning to retrain the mind to accept others as they are rather than as they should be as we've said on this podcast many times and will continue to say the Enneagram is always about compassion compassion towards life towards yourself towards others and so there is this internal should that each of the nine types have to let go of in order to move forward towards transformation. And so I just want to move through all nine numbers and name those internal shoulds and just invite you to let go of the shoulds in your own life. I once had a mentor who said to me, Christy, you're should-ing all over yourself. So he would say, you're shoulding all over yourself. Those shoulds get in our way and we can let them go. And the Enneagram teaches us how to let them go. So for the type one, their should is sometimes that they should be perfect or that they should be right. Uh, it's that this way or that way thinking and that internal should gets in the way. So letting go of perfection and letting go of the need to be right, that is the internal should that the one needs to let go of in order to move forward. For the two, 
that internal should um, is that they want to help others, that they should help or that they should give. Um, This is a very generous type, but when they're always giving to others, they're not receiving. And that really moves them towards an imbalance because we need to have a balance between giving and receiving. Um, That's part of a healthy spirituality. And so when the two can let go of that internal should to help or to give, um, or it could be even to listen to a friend for a long time, when they let go of that internal should, there's this process of being set free. And for the three, uh, the should, the internal should is I should be successful or I should achieve And of course, for the type three, that internal should really disconnects them from their heart space. uh, And it means that they're always going and that they're always doing and that there's never space for rest because that might get in the way of achieving. Um, Their internal should also means that they become who other people want them to be. They become a bit of a chameleon. And so letting go of the should of what other people expect of me um, in order to be a successful woman or man and just being authentically who you are is really important for the type three. For the type four, there is a should that I should, should be unique and different. And that can be a really, really good thing but they can get caught in that comparison trap of I'm not unique and different enough. Um, and because that internal should is, is so strong that they want to be so unique and so different and show up in the, in the world in a way that is unusual, Um, I think that that's a good thing, but that also can get in the way because they can be really hard on themselves because they're comparing themselves to all the other people in the world who might be unique types. And um, they just tend to not realize how much abundance there is in their life already. Um, And so there's this, this should that kind of whispers to them that that you don't belong, that you're not really unique. And so they have to get themselves out of that comparison trap. And that is the the internal should piece that they have to work on. Um, And then for the type five, the should is, I should be the smartest person in the room. There is this um, internal should to be smart and yet the irony is that is that they have a strong fear of incompetence and so for the type five they really have to work on letting go of that should that I should always be learning that I should always um, be reading and they have to move in their bodies and get out in the world and connect to others um, because this this should um, of I should always be the smart one um, and the one who is, as we call the fives, the observer in the room, that can get in their way. For the type seven or the six, we're moving to our six, the loyalist, 
their internal should is this need for safety and security and that internal should of I need to make sure that things are safe um, and they're always catastrophizing and imagining the worst case scenario that really gets in the way of their life of being adventurous of having fun and so they've got to quiet that should that they've got to keep everything safe and sometimes be courageous and find a way to take flight and do something um, that that might seem a little bit scary to them for the type seven their internal should is I should be the fun guy I should be the fun gal so there is the should that I need to be enthusiastic and at the expense of ever feeling their pain and their suffering and so that should keeps them from balance again just like with the two having that imbalance between giving and receiving the seven has an imbalance between wanting to have fun and be joyous and then the pain and suffering and you need both you need to feel the pain and you also need to have that joy and fun and uh, I think for the type seven, seven, letting go of that should of being the fun friend is really imperative. For the type eight, they have an internal should of I have to be strong. Um, I am the strong one. And so they have to let go of that through finding ease and softness um, instead of always being in control and finding power there is an opening up to vulnerability and softness and even things that seem like this would make me weak. Uh, the, the eight has to lean into those places of vulnerability and, and know that their real strength is actually in that vulnerability, not in this facade of being strong. And for the type nine, uh, they have this internal should of I'm the easygoing person in the room and I'm going to be at harmony with all people but that internal should of being the easygoing friend being the peacemaker means that they don't always use their voice and be their authentic self and speak what their needs are or find comfort with conflict and so we all have these internal shoulds and we um, are invited through the Enneagram and other pathways to work on them to acknowledge them and I just want to remind you that it is the shoulds that get in the way of peace so going back to those words peace is learning to retrain your mind to accept life as it is yourself as you are others as they are instead of life yourself or others as they should be thank you so much for listening to this kind of long meditation today i appreciate you tuning in and namaste